Blog Talk Radio. All right, I don't know where Sean is at. He's supposedly in here, supposed to be having the music queued up, and he's not doing it. So uh, welcome to ERN Presents TNT on BTR. It is Thursday night. I am the Dean of Wrestling Referee, Steve Kane, and uh, hopefully shortly uh, Sean and Katie will decide to uh, join me. So, um, okay, there he is. How about uh, playing our intro? Uh, well, let's see if I can do that. T. Uh, eh. All right, let's see if it'll play. Cause I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. ERN presents TNT on BTR with your host, Chaotic Katie, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Draft in wrestling fans and get ready, because it's TNT and it's dynamite. to another loaded edition of Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil live on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. I am Statistic Sean David along with my co-host, the Dean of Wrestling Referee, Steve Kane. And the reason why the show could never be a bag of dicks, Chaotic Katie. All right, well... Um, I got some I got some news to break to you here, guys. Um, some uh, stuff just uh, came out here just a little bit ago. Um, Jorge Bali, uh, known on uh, AAA and Impact as El Hijo de Fantasma, and in uh, Lucha Underground as uh, King Cuerno, will be making his NXT debut Saturday night. At their live event in uh, Port in Fort Pierce, Florida. Now he's going to be teaming up with uh, Raúl Mendoza, and 
Wait until you hear the name of their team. You guys ready for this? I should I, I should have so. actually had the I actually should have I should have been warned. But I didn't have enough time to find the music to get it. Tequila. Tequila. Yep. Finally, the prestige in Mexico's greatest import, Jorge Bali, and you can call us tequila because we're going to knock you out this Saturday, Fort Pierce. One tequila, two tequila, three tequila, four, five tequila, six tequila, six, seven tequila, floor. Pretty much. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, uh, tonight's lineup, we're going to discuss lots of things. We're going to be joined by Crime Fighter here at about 7.30, uh, Central Standard Time. And uh, he'll have lots to discuss about what's going on with Pinfall Wrestling Association and uh, what's going on down that and down in that neck of the woods. Because uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, we'll be discussing some other things because it seems that... Uh, a certain company that uh, I worked for a couple of years ago down that way has lost their big, big, big venue. And another company uh, has taken it over, and it's somebody that we know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I believe it's July 11th. Let me look at my calendar here. Yes, July 11th, Herb Simmons, SICW, invades. Quincy, Illinois, at the Oakley Lindsay Center. So RCW has lost the Oakley Lindsay Center. Um, which Sad. you know, if, if you're if you're putting, look, Herb's got connections to all those names. He's a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh, Road Warrior Animal will be at this show on oh, July 11th. At the Oakley Lindsay Center. Nice. So, you know, you got to promote it right, otherwise you're going to lose it. That's the, that's the name of the game when it comes to promoting these wrestling events. Um, <coughs> and uh, I want to send out a shout-out to Zawa, because a couple of weeks ago, or last weekend, I believe, they had um, our good old friend Dan the Beast Severin and sold out with Dan the Beast ever. Did some other meet and greet type things with their sponsors and stuff like that to where people got a chance to come out and meet Dan Severin, uh, UFC Hall of Famer and, uh, you know, guy that uh, we had on here that was super cool. And he'll tell tell it like it is. Nice fight. So, uh, you know, uh, Steve remembers when we had uh, Dan the Beast Severin on, and Dan yep. can. Dan is one of those tough cookies, man. I would not look. That's somebody you don't want to have uh, at the bar that you get in a fight with, because he'd or probably kill you. At least you yeah. want him on your side in a fight. Cause another one. Yeah, that okay. too. Yeah. All right. Um, so there's a lot that uh, we're going to be doing. We're also going to be joined 
by uh, hopefully Hugo Spinovich, who we haven't heard from in a while. Uh, so lots going to happen yeah. tonight. Um, but the number one thing that I want to get to is some breaking news. New Japan okay. has inked a deal with Viceland. We don't know when now it's going to start. Now, that way a second, that is not confirmed yet. That is not confirmed. They still have to. They still have to uh, get everything um, cleared with um, Asahi, which uh, owns the TV rights to Japan. Shit. Um, now, well, once, let, now, once that happens, then it will be. But we can announce that uh, New Japan has announced their return date. To Madison Square Garden. That's correct. And, uh, they, and they will be and they will be coming August twenty second. They uh, just uh, um, a week or so ago came off of the uh, um, U.S. leg of the uh, New Beginnings tour. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, there's, so there's a lot a lot of that that's uh, going that's uh, going to be happening here. And if they get and if they get this uh, TV deal with Viceland, and a lot of people might want, wonder why Viceland, okay? Because Dark Side Viceland, of the Ring, yes, pretty much. Well, Dark Side of the Ring and the wrestling stuff, but that's yep. the only two things they are. They are really known primarily as the Pot Channel. <laughs> For real? Because right marijuana gets its own channel finally. That's that well it's been it's been going for it's been going for a few years now but uh they have wow. had such uh success with uh dark side of the ring and wrestlers which uh highlights highlights uh guys that uh, at the time were up and coming um Darby Allen and our friend uh Shane Strickland <clears throat> now right. formerly known Bill Scott now known as Isaiah Swerve Scott have been uh, featured on wrestlers, so now they're making. The, if if this comes through, and we have to remember, it's if this comes through, that's you know they're making the next logical step, which is going into an actual wrestling show. Okay. Yes. All right. Now we got to talk the other uh, nine hundred pound elephant in the room. It seems that WWE is uh, at a loss of what to do with the network. Because Vince is at the point where they don't want to keep the pay-per-views on the network. They are looking to sell the rights to the pay-per-views to somebody, some other streaming service. That's just stupid. They do that? I'm out. Impact Plus, here I come. Um, let me Let me find the article on this. Uh, I apologize for not being a little bit more prepared. Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, now, I mean, there's there's nothing been set in stone yet on this thing, but it does seem like Vince is very definitely looking to pull this out. And as a guy who loves the network, um, <clears throat> I talked about it when we when we originally brought this story up. Um, I sit there and I watch. I watch primarily the older regional stuff. Uh, Bill Watts Mid South, 
um, Mid-Atlantic with uh, Bob Caudill. I just, I mean, you know, some of the some of the great classic wrestling of the '80s in that, and mm-hmm. stuff that uh, was that what wasn't available to me at the time. I'll, now I do watch some of the old uh, um, Georgia Championship Wrestling and uh, WCW shows from uh, TBS on uh, from the uh, good old uh, um, 605 Saturday Night slot. And that, because mm-hmm. that's that's when I first found something outside of the Midwest, and of course, the the then WWWF, which of course is a big thing that uh, you got in uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and uh, all of other uh, Bill After's uh, wonderful magazines that he uh, shot for, and that well. Here's here's what's going on, and uh, I listened to Courtney's podcast earlier this week, and he he talked about this. The, fi- the problem. Oh, with the and we network- got a corny for it, everybody tonight too. Ha ha ha. Corny, Corny believes that they should have never taken the uh, pay per views to the network. He believes that that was a mistake um, because Vince has lost. Since the inception of putting WrestleMania on the network, Vince has lost all that pay-per-view money, and now they're at the point where they're. Lo- I don't know how to say this uh, correctly, so I'm going to say it the way I believe I can say it. I believe they're losing money on the network uh, because they priced it so low that they can't price it any higher, or people won't pay it. And now Vince is at the point where he's like, "God damn, kid! If we can get somebody to pay us five hundred million dollars for the rights to the pay-per-views we're going to take it and yeah and and the and the and the uh idea of uh doing tears has uh not seemed to uh sit real well either no um, nope. so the network would still have all the classic footage um but they want to sell the rights to the pay-per-view to somebody else, be it ESPN, uh, because ESPN owns it, because of Disney or what have you. Um, yeah. Look, we said a long time ago, Mickey Mouse could be the new owner of WWE, and it, it, there's very strong possibility of that even still to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, the, Vince is hunting for money. And they lost all of that. I don't know if you guys talked about this last week when I wasn't on or not, but that meeting that they had where Vince, you know, uh, I sent that article to you guys where Vince, their stock is value is down by like a billion dollars. It's sure. bad. Right. It's bad. Right. It's not good. Yeah. And yeah, Vince is I trying think, to make uh, up the last... money where he can. Right. I think the last that I saw, it was actually – under fifty dollars a share, which has which which it hasn't been it hasn't been that low since um when since the since the IPO and it's, God, how, it's many, getting, how many year how many years ago was that I mean that's been at least fifteen fifteen twenty years if not a little bit longer that uh, they went public. Well, and that's just it. Uh, that was the other thing that 
that Corny said, he said making WWE a public traded company was a mistake because now you've got way too many executives that are getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars while the guys that are actually going out there and putting their bodies on the line, some of the undercard guys, are not getting paid as well as some of these network executives that Vince has working for him to try to make all the networks happy. Right, right. Um, I mean, think about it. Think about it. Shinsuke Nakamura still pulls 70000 a year. This guy was a major star in Japan. He has been a major star when Vince has given him the push on the main roster. And this and this guy isn't even breaking six figures a year. Something is drastically wrong with that picture. And 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 then the other I mean any less than pound, Kelly Klein. One at a time. Well and and then you know the <laughs> other three the other three hundred thousand pound elephant in the room is Vince now has the XFL up and running again, which uh, we do want to we do want to uh, give some credit where credit is due. Uh, one of the games last weekend for the XFL drew more ratings than AEW, NXT, Raw, and SmackDown combined. Yeah, That's but, how, but compare but but compare it. Let's compare it to Grandpa. To the NFL, now, how how much how much how much would how much would draw are they doing in comparison to what the NFL usually draws? So, um, hold on. Uh, let's see if I can find this. Uh, According to Wrestling Inc. Raj Geary, the four-week one game averaged 3.12 million viewers over the weekend and at a 1.0 rating among the 18 to 49 demographic. Individually, the D.C. Defenders versus Seattle Dragons did 3.3 million viewers and a 2.07 rating. The L.A. Wildcats versus Houston Roughnecks garnered 3.29 million viewers and a 1.91 rating. The Tampa Bay Vipers versus the New York Guardians did a 3.39 million viewers and a 2.10 rating. And the Dallas Renegades versus the St. Louis Battlehawks reached 2.5 million viewers and did a 1.43 rating. Okay. Um, I'll I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to admit that's uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. Now uh, I've got uh, Bleacher Report here, and uh, they talk about. Um, comparing it to the now defunct um, Alliance of American Football. Now they did right. uh, 3.25 million viewers over two games, um, and XFL has already surpassed that. Um, each of the each of the week one games also drew more than 17,000 fans in attendance. Now that's correct. That's uh, you know that I have to admit. Is is not bad. It's not bad at all, um, you know. And I really, you know, I I haven't watched it yet. Um, will I? I don't know. 
I'm I actually I actually might give it a give it a shot this week. I mean, the first time I did, but then the first time they had Rod Smart, aka He Hate Me. And well, I tell you guy, what, that got, guy was a rating spoon. There were some people that were raving over. I believe it was the Battle Hawks game. Um, man, I mean, they're if they're going to do this, they're doing it right for one because the first inception of it didn't do anything like this. Um, right. Well, I mean, one one of the one of their uh, players was on uh, TMZ Live this week, so now. Uh, that to me is a when when Harvey Levin brings you on live, that's a sign of acceptance. Okay, that means nothing to me. I don't watch football. Um, Steve, why well, don't we go ahead and play that cornet clip while we're waiting for Crimey, and then we'll come back and go into some more stuff with Crimey when he gets here, and go from there. Yeah, yeah, and then of course we got to talk about. Uh, History being made last night at uh, AEW. So, yes. yeah, and you know, um, and as and as I as wrote in there, it's history on two fronts. Now, get ready for get ready for a good laugh, and of course, knowing Jim, some four-letter words because this is Jim Cornette talking about ring rats. You've often said that during the territory era. Ring rats were a necessary component of a successful business model. I'm a firm believer in the supply and demand principle, and as a longtime homosexual, I know there had to be a number of gay wrestlers throughout the years. So without naming names, oh, see now, goddamn, now you've you've made my now you've made my joke earlier now into something wrong. I didn't know that Sir Sir Gay was gay. Well, let's finish. His name is not Sir Gay. His name is David Miller. So without oh. naming names, oh. Well, he just gave his entire name. Did he want his whole name mentioned in public? Were there enough gay wrestlers around to allow for gay rats? Were there any towns that had a suspicious number of extremely well-groomed male fans? And how about transsexual rats? <laughs> I don't think they did that back then, did they? Were, did, had they developed that procedure at that point in time? Uh, no, and, and no, unfortunately, on all counts. Um, I'm not saying there weren't – well, remind me. I will finish with the the story that I'm thinking of. But in, in, there, there, was, there were gay wrestlers, but they didn't uh, uh, perpetrate with the, the gay fans as much as the heterosexual – Wrestlers perpetrated with the heterosexual fans. Does that make any sense? Yeah, usually you hear about Terry Garvin trying to harass the wrestlers, not other fans. Yes, yes. So, you know, so, yeah, but but there was <clears throat> this one night when the fabulous ones, cause, and, and once again, and it, it depended on who was on the cards also. And I will say there probably there was a small but devoted group of rats in a territory like central states where, you know, Bulldog Bob Brown was not exactly a chick magnet. So, you know, it depended on the talent roster and in the territories, you know, would in back in, in Indianapolis, they were, st you know, the rats in the eighties still had bouffant hairdos because the average age of the roster as Steve Regal, per, you know, mentioned here some time ago on the experience was older. Uh, but in Memphis in the seventies, <laughs> 
you saw the transformation to the 80s because the top baby faces, Jackie Fargo literally had his most ardent fan in Louisville was this woman that had this red beehive hairdo that must have been, she was seven feet tall with the hair. And she was in her late 40s probably, which Fargo was, and had been coming to wrestling forever. And it was an older group of, of ladies because they were older baby faces and some of the heels. But then, and then Jerry Jarrett was the one, he was the one young baby face. And then Ricky Gibson a few years after that. But you started seeing, a, you know, a lot more of the younger girls coming, and it was still a family thing then, but all of a sudden, when Lawler really gets over as a babyface, and they switch Dundee babyface in 77, and then they start, and then here come the Gibson brothers, and then there comes Ricky Morton, and that, and Austin Idol was a good-looking guy, even though he was a heel most of the time, but Jerry Jarrett just got a much better-looking roster of guys, and then when the the MTV explosion with the Rock and Roll Express and the fabulous ones and and Tommy Wildfire Rich was an early you know young uh, heartthrob in seventy six seventy seven so over that five years by the early eighties the roster was much younger on average than it was and they were all the babyface Terry Taylor Bobby Fulton was a fine looking young man they were all good looking guys and suddenly. The the ratio with the matches, it, sometimes in Memphis or in Louisville, it would be 60% women under the age of 40. I mean, you could just see them everywhere and the screams. It was like in Charlotte in the 80s with the Rock and Roll Express when the, the screams of the crowd were so predominantly female that the pitch went up and it's like it was deafening. You couldn't fucking hear. Uh, so, yeah, that you know that transformed a lot of the territories but especially memphis but anyway so one night when the fabs are at their hottest right we're in the locker room in the mid-south coliseum and and they they mr coffee would bring the fan mail in right if anybody wanted to read it and to pass the time because there was no cell phones no you know zabada video games all that shit okay let's see what's in the fan mail and especially because the fabs used to get some good pictures and stan opens this one envelope and he starts reading this letter and, I, I mean, it would be even distasteful for me with my vocabulary to read to you to say, Dear Stan, I think you and Steve are so hot. I wish that sometimes you would come to my house and break in my window and grab me and hold my, your hand over my mouth and double-team me in bed and then just graphic discussions of all the things that they could possibly do and God, how hot it would be and to have their – blasted loads spread all across the blah, blah, blah. I mean, just and Stan's getting, and then Steve has, has come to the edge of his chair, right? Because this is some pretty interesting erotic fiction. And a few of the other boys have leaned over, and Stan's getting into reading this now to the guys because he's got an audience. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> and the final part of the letter is something like, I'll dream of this every night and make myself come over and over until you and Steve could do it in person. Your biggest fan, Jack. Ah. <laughs> and that led to the uh, elimination of the reading fan mail out loud in the locker room uh, for a while. <laughs> Your biggest fan, Jack. <laughs> oh, um. You know, I have been doing this wrestling for about 18 years, and uh, I, I've told this story on air, but it's been a couple of years. Um, 
I don't even know how the kid found me online. Um, but it was 2008 or no, 2009, February, 2009. I'm going to send you guys the picture. If I can find it, um, of me doing my thing, me, there it is. Uh, this was me in HGWA. Uh, I, I think I was 18. Yeah. I just turned 18. Um, and I was a good-looking kid back then, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I looked pretty damn good. I had, you know, highlights in my hair and all of that. Um, I was announcing oh, I that night, that. and at the end of the night, uh, there was a kid that came up to me that wanted to hit my autograph, and I had no problem giving out my autograph. I've done it several times, but uh, what <clears throat> came next totally floored me. He goes, we should go on a date sometime. Well, I was already seeing somebody at the time, so the boyfriend overhears this, and uh, I get a nasty ride home. So we come back the following month. Uh, I think this was February. We took March off because in March we were in Iowa. Uh, we came back in April, and he was there again. And there came the engagement ring. And holy shit, I thought the ex was going to kill him. And I thought the ex was going to kill me. Um, but yes, I, I have ran into some gay ring rats over the course of the 18 years that I've been doing this. And it does happen. And my God, uh, you know, <laughs> and mm. I hate the promoter that uh, this happened with because I told him about it. And he goes, good, keep the kid coming back. We'll keep selling tickets. We'll get his whole family to come. They'll think you're together. I was like, you guys, you're going to get me in trouble with my old man, you know? Um, So that was that story. But another story that I want to tell is something that uh, I discovered earlier this week that I shared with Steve and Katie already. Um, In 2002 is when I really started heavily using a computer. And uh, that was back when Yahoo Chat was around. I'm sure everybody that's old enough to remember remembers Yahoo Chat. Mm-hmm. Um, I met a wrestler on there from Ohio by the name of Tank. Now, I have oh, uh, for, for years, I have not talked to Tank. Um, I was going through Facebook the other day, and there happened to be a picture of a guy named Tank. And I, I looked at it, and I said, son of a bitch, he looks familiar. And I, I messaged the guy that posted it. I said, hey, I said, how can I get a hold of Tank? And I messaged Tank, and uh, sure as shit, it was the same Tank that I met in 2002. Tank has been a deathmatch wrestler for the uh, number of years. I don't know if any, if any of you guys have seen him. Uh, Steve, I believe you have. But this nope. guy... Uh, let me see if I can get a picture. There it is. Yeah, give me a picture so you can have my reaction. This guy is a tough son of a bitch. Okay, show me this picture of this tough SOB. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, okay. Oh, he a big ball, motherfucker. That is Tank. NWA Tag Team Titles, Sean Tempers. Yeah, okay. All right. Um... Steve, I know you used to catch some of his matches because uh, 
he was he was a part of Ian's IWA, and I'm like, man, this motherfucker is huge. And look, I would not want to be in a death match against this guy. Right. Right. Uh, you know, he he's well, he's mean looking, and to be able to go back and thank a guy that when I first started training, um, taught me some things about psychology and and really. You know, I was being bullied in school, and he says, kid, you just got to stick with it. You just got to stick with it. And to be able to go back and talk to him about working with Ed, he knew Ed, and he says, you know, he says, he says right. I knew you were going to be a good kid, but he says, I didn't think you were going to go this far. To be able to hear him say he was proud of me and tell him the same in return meant the world to me because this was somebody that I had lost touch with, and I posted <laughs> this on Facebook the other day. And I'm not trying to make, be like Oprah Winfrey here. But it's important to try to keep in contact with as many people as you can from your past. Uh, because of inventions right. like Facebook, we're able to do this. So um, tomorrow is not promised. If you've got something that you would like to say to somebody like I did with Tank, um, find them today because, again, tomorrow is not promised. Um, yep. It was great. Yep. It was Absolutely. great catching up with Tank. This man did him and I used to talk. And... Um, He's, you know, the whole reason that I saw his picture is because he's getting ready to ter- return to the ring. There's going to be a tournament that he's going to be a part of. And um, I want to say, let me look at my calendar here because I've got it wrote down. I want to say that he will be joining us. Uh, yes, I have the date right now. Thursday, April 30th, we will be joined by Tank as he gets ready for that tournament in May. And uh, I'm excited for this because Tank's going to tell a lot of funny stories about conversations that him and I used to have, and it's going to it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to talk about him being a deathmatch worker. Because um, I sent him the picture of me all bloody, and he says, "Kid," he said, "If you you know damn well if you would have got in the ring with me, you would have been a thousand times more bloody." I said, "Oh shit!" I said, "Tank," I said, "I don't know that I would have done a hardcore match with you." You know, he's built like a brick shit house. He's built like a brick shit house, and at the time that I was wrestling, I was 160 pounds soaking wet. Shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I just, uh, but he's he's somebody that is really cool, and we're going to have an interview with him, and I'm very excited about that. Um, we're going to be talking to Crimey here in just a couple minutes about what's going on with PWA. Um, they've got some stuff coming up. We'll be talking with Crimey about, uh, you know, RCW losing the venue at the Oakley Lindsay Center, and and uh, RCW poaching one of the venues from uh, PWA and trying to run the high school in Quincy because they lost the Oakley Lindsay Center, and um, all of that. But uh, so, uh, Crimey, if you're listening, if you want to go ahead and dial in, we'll come to you in a couple minutes. I want to play this right now because this company is still active and it's getting worse and worse and worse. You want to be a professional wrestler but are tired of waiting to hit the ropes? You feel like you're ready to wrestle in the main event just by watching an episode of SmackDown? Well, come to the Kaji Hills Wrestling Alliance where no experience is necessary. Step in our ring and spend as much or as little time as you want getting yourself ready and we'll book you at all our events. Only you know best when you're prepared to conquer the world. 
Don't spend months and years slaving under arrogant prima donna veterans who have you pay to put up and take down the ring. Join us, CHWA, and you'll be wrestling from millions when we broadcast your matches live online. CHWA, where training is optional because we share your desire to live your fantasy right now. Call us today. Yes, they are still active, and unfortunately, uh, RCW just did a battle royal over the weekend, and uh, they used like 90% of the CHWA roster, and I'm sitting here going, why? Why why is nobody having a problem with this but me? So with that being said, we're going to go to him right now. Excuse me. He is the mad conservative. Crunchfighter. Hey. Well, hey, 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 we to talk about a different company. Uh, uh, I am, it is kind of, uh, uh, I'm just going to say this, and this is all I'm going to do. Uh, you asked why they're using 90% of the Cottage Hills roster. It's because... They've always been a pattern of put on, I guess, the least amount of effort into a show as they can get away with as long as people are still buying tickets. Eventually, a town burns out on it, and their draw shrinks, and the Oakley Lindsay Center got tired of it and tell them to find somewhere else to run. And uh, and now they found a better organization to uh, run in the Oakley Lindsay Center, and that would be Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. Yes. Uh-huh. Am I upset bring- that we're not ringing Quincy? No, because it is 100 miles way to the west. It's difficult to run an event very far away from home. And yes. You- uh, you have to get the locals familiar with you, and if they're not familiar with you, they may not turn out for it, even despite how much advertising you actually do. That's and, that's the truth. Um, you know, I I I got I praise Brian Blade till to hell and back, but he goes and does shows in Nebraska, and the whole reason his shows in Nebraska work is because he actually will take the summer he builds retaining walls. And he'll take the summer and go out and spend the summer building retaining walls out in Nebraska or Kansas or somewhere like that and book shows in between his work schedule. Um, that's doable, but going 100 miles away from you know, where home is to promote an event, it's not easy to do. And there's a lot of companies that do it, but it doesn't always work out the best. Um, this is why... And personally, I believe, and Steve, I want your comments on this as well, that I think this is why a lot of companies don't travel anymore, because it's hard. It's very hard to go into, you know, let's say, let's say for, I'm going to use this as an example. Let's say the Dreamwave was still running. Dreamwave runs LaSalle one night and goes down to uh, Bloomington the next. Well, that's about an hour away. That's 60 miles. Well, we're gonna make. We're not gonna say Bloomington. We're gonna say somewhere else. We're gonna say that instead of running Bloomington, uh, Dreamwave runs the Quad Cities. Now, the Quad Cities is about 100 miles from South Peru. 
give or take, uh, depending on what area yeah. you're running. Um, that's not going to be an easy thing for them to do and be able to pull off without support of another organization in that area or the right resources in that area. And uh, I believe this is why companies don't travel anymore because it's very hard. It's hard enough to, to get people in your own backyard to support you, let alone comp- uh, businesses 80 miles away that have no idea who you are. Well, there's one other factor right. you forgot about. Go ahead, Crabby. There's a major promotion in every major city in Illinois. Right. That's why they don't travel. Now, for the longest time, West Central Illinois was practically a wrestling desert. Nobody yes. was running in West Central Illinois. No. Now, suddenly, we have several running in West Central Illinois. Yes. Uh, ICW, just the latest one. I don't know how often they're going to go over there. Maybe once a year, which is fine. Uh, American Championship Wrestling also ran in the uh, Hannibal-Quincy area. They ran in Hannibal. They had uh, Kane, yes. Glenn Jacobs, at their uh, event down in Hannibal. Um, that was like three weeks after PWA last tried to run in Quincy. Um, I don't I don't know. Maybe people were saving money to go to that one. I don't know. But um, since there was like a meet and greet. Quincy has that nice venue, but I, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, there were talks of an organization that I was with years ago running there. And I, when I looked up the mileage, of, I was living in Rockford at the time, and they wanted me to come down to Quincy. And I was like, this is going to be like a five-hour trip. Like, you, you're either paying me well or I'm not coming. Um, because I just, you know, I, I'm one of those types of people. I don't like traveling very, 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 very far. Um, it, it, it can take a lot out of you to be on the road that long and then have to go do an event and uh, sometimes drive back um, yep. or ride back, I should say. Um, Steve, why oh, do you think yeah. that companies are not traveling anymore? <clears throat> well, a lot of it is the fact that, uh, except for very rare occasions, and you and I are involved in one of those very rare occasions, <coughs> sold shows are a thing of the past. Yes. Now, when I was when I was working with uh, Windy City Wrestling through the through the 80s and the 90s, 95 percent of what we did was sold shows, fairs, schools, that type of thing. So they were paying us the money so that it was it was worth it for us to make those kind of trips yeah and that so we're so we were we were traveling i mean you know steve like you were like you were talking about uh west central illinois we we very rarely did travel down that far you know we did we did do we did do like like uh three different stints at the state fairgrounds um in fact my last show was at the state fairgrounds um with windy city but we would but we would be all up into not just the city but the northwest suburbs into uh southern wisconsin throughout uh indiana and even of course uh we would u- we would usually make an annual trip into ohio wow and that but that was wow. but that but that was because 
those shows were paid for a hundred percent every 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 bit of expense was covered so you know, we and were making good paydays to make those drives and those and those airplane flights and that to to go ahead and go to these go to these places and everything absolutely now, it's not it, that's uh, not happening anymore no, not, it's very. Not, go, go ahead, Grimey. I can't Grimey. say it's never happening. It's just not happening as often. No, it's a very, it's a, it's a rarity these days to get bought and paid shows. Um, you used to be able to do those with bars. I know one of the companies that I worked with, uh, they they had a smaller ring, it was actually a fourteen by fourteen that you could get into almost any bar. And, uh, yeah. you know, you do something like that and, and get bars to pay for it, you're not losing money, so why the hell not do it? Um, but it's, right. it's very it's very hard in, in 2020. Um, now, yeah, didn't even mention the reason, festival shows. Yes. Uh, the other thing is that we wanted to talk about with Crimey is that it seems like the Mo. Elgin situation is over at least for now, um, and there's one Hopefully, other thing that I want to um, go ahead. Kinda, I've been kind of waiting on a transcript, a physical transcript of the ex parte hearing. That audio is out. It's been out for uh, several weeks. Drama or Melinda Blue on Twitter uh, released, and Drama Llama of Truth that'd be Leah Alf. Leah of Colorado. I guess that's, I'll mention her real name. It's Leah Crenshaw is her real name, is who Drama Lama the Truth yeah. is. And they've, uh, they have released the audio of that uh, ex parte hearing. It goes for about mm, an hour and a half. I, if you have not listened to it, you should. Yeah, it's a standard courtroom hearing. And uh, Molly... Chapman, I'm going to call her Chapman because she's still married, so that is her legal name. It's not Woodward, but uh, Woodward was on the court paper, so that's why right. I'm calling her Woodward and right. Chapman all the time. But yeah, go listen to the audio, and uh, Molly has trouble with some of the questions from uh, uh, Elgin's lawyer. Now, they reached a settlement where they uh, both agreed that um, they post a joint statement on Twitter and then there will be no further comment. Unfortunately, Molly apparently uh, doesn't understand what no further comment means on a matter. She kept commenting, well, Elgin is not exonerated. All this stuff did happen, blah, 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 blah. It's like... Never had to. Uh, you know, there's. Carl, go back in the court. You already game. violated the terms of the settlement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. grief. Uh, that that whole thing has been taking up what the past two to three years, and uh, finally, uh, you know, uh, Elgin's getting some. some he's not being looked at in the same light. This, I mean, the reason why he went for the settlement is just that. All this pain for the lawyer is just eating into his uh, finances. Right. And uh, he's 
basically all he's going is clear his name, but he's not going to get any financial restitution out of the deal. Right. The other all thing right. is Molly hasn't yeah, learned go. a thing. She's still interjecting herself into situations involving other wrestlers, and she oh, and it's God. not wanted. All right. The whole reason I brought Crimey here tonight uh, is to talk about PWA. We're going to do that in a second. But uh, Crimey, for those of you that don't know, is a big video game guy. And uh, speaking of video games, there is a new wrestling video game that is going to hit the market by the end of the year. It is Retro Mania Wrestling. It is a throwback to WrestleFest from 1991. Um, And we know some people that are going to be in this game. Uh, Steve actually, uh, sorry, Steve knows some people because we've had some of the people on this show. But one of the people that Crimey knows is also going to be in this game, and that is the war horse, Jake Parnell. Tell you the truth, yes, I've seen it. I have not been uh, following the, uh, or digging deep into what's going on with this video game since the real wrestling business has been taking up my time. Right. I have a lot of scores to reclaim soon, which I've what? been uh, have a big red bullseye on my back, and uh, a lot of gamers trying to take me down. So, um, uh, hope it's a lot better than the disaster that was 2K20. Oh, and it, uh, well, apparently this is... there's going to be a 2K21, and it's maybe just as big a disaster as 2K20 was. I, I don't know. 2K20 was horrible, but this is this is called Retromania Wrestling. Uh, let me bring up some more details on this. While you're doing that, let me talk about the stuff going on with uh, Pinfall Wrestling Association. Go ahead. Um, as you may have heard, Pinfall Academy has reopened. There's been kind of a void uh, for wrestling training in Central Illinois. Um. A number of people, the location where Pinfall Kimmy used to be at in Auburn was kind of out of the way for some people. They didn't want to travel to some, what wasn't really a faraway town out in the middle of nowhere, but they wanted something inside the city limits of Springfield, Illinois. So an opportunity arose. Brian Ely uh, had been Who's the uh, promoter had been looking for a new place to uh, reopen training since there's been flu people who had been inquiring about training again. And so a location was secured. Uh, the place was remodeled. It was like the it was the uh, old uh, Black Sheep Cafe music venue on uh, 11th and South Grand. Uh, the place when it started was covered with graffiti and stickers and the bombs of the walls, uh, uh, the uh, concrete uh, outer layer had broken away, exposing the brick. That's all been repaired. Everything's been, all the stickers were peeled off, floors painted, the walls painted. At least one individual wasn't happy about that, but, you know, it's, he's not running the ship, so. And Can't please everyone. Yeah, I know. So it is open for new trainees. 
Uh, a ring was uh, secured to fit that particular venue because it was only it wasn't it could not uh, accommodate an eight foot eighteen foot ring. It's used as a smaller uh, sixteen footer. That's fine. And, okay. um, you know what I like? I'm going to cut you off right there. You know what I like about a sixteen foot ring? A sixteen foot ring teaches you how to work smarter. It's uh, it's actually the, the size ring that I started training in. Um, it teaches you. It te- uh, Wicked had a sixteen foot ring, Steve. Um, it teaches you mm. how to work more close knit together. That way, when you're in the bigger ring, your shit's usually in the middle of the ring. If you go from a sixteen mm. to an eighteen, if you go okay. to right. from an eighteen to a, or a sixteen to a twenty, uh, you get lost. And I, <laughs> oh I, I want to say. Yes. I want to say there was a company in Chicago that had like a 22 or 24 foot ring. And I'm like, there's no, like, I would be swimming in that. Like, you, you, that's well, way I don't know anybody. I, I don't think well, WWE's our, ever you know, used you know, the ring studio, that big. 20. Well, well, our, our, studio, our studio ring in Windy City was a 20 foot ring. I remember because the first time I walked in and I saw how big this thing actually was. I I nicknamed all the ring posts by area codes. Oh, <laughs> so there was so so there so one so one post was three one two, the other one was seven oh eight, that third one was six three oh and the last one was eight one five. And if you're throwing uh, somebody in the ropes you've got a long longer distance to go to catch them. I I know uh, when I started yep. following wrestling back online in 2002 that so, somewhere there was a <laughs> ring that was at least a 22 by 22, and I thought, oh, my God. And then, uh, Steve, you know Judas, my old tag team partner, he built that right. sided ring, and that thing was like 24 yep. by 24 from – Oh, uh, my God. That well, the other thing, thing is, was, it can't fly. I mean, I mean it, was, it was well constructed. It was well constructed. But my God, that thing was freaking huge. When we used that out in Streeter, it's like, it's like, oh, my God, it's going to take me five minutes to get from one side of the ring to the next to <laughs> count a pinfall. Oh, yeah. God. But you and, can't uh, find boards that long. That's the other the, problem. Yeah, that's a, that's a problem. Because two by eights or well, he actually had a blueprint to follow oh. how to can, how to put the ring together. Well, I guess he'd have to. But well, I mean, doesn't uh, hold up good on doesn't hold up as a substitute for uh, two by eight or tens. The only you way to have those, make... uh, twenty foot or twenty two or twenty four foot boards and. Lumberyard would have to cut those for you because you ain't gonna cut buy them. them off the shelf at Lowe's. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. Um, now the thing, the other thing about the the plywood, the only way that I've seen this work is how uh, Tim Lyle used to do it on his first uh, high spots ring. Steve Kane came up with the idea of taking uh, treated plywood and gluing it together to make one superboard instead of just one sheet of. Plywood. But they but they were also but they were also done in sheets. The ring was not right. done with individual boards. And that was because that was the way that the rings I worked with in Windy City were. Which um, that came which 
that's all all old AWA stuff. Uh, that was right. the those were those. That's the way Vern's rings were done. And those were uh, there. Those were some stiff rings. Uh, there was the powerhouse show that was run with an old AWA ring back in the day that people. I think Eric Freedom had posted online, and he was talking about how stiff that ring was. And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Wasn't the old AWA ring originally a boxing ring?" You know. Uh, getting back to this Retromania wrestling really quick, and then we'll go back to Crime Fighters for some more PWA news. Uh, the roster so far confirmed is Hawk, Animal, Tommy Dreamer, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis, Colt Cabana, Johnny Retro, a.k.a. John Morrison, Zack Cyber Jr., Austin Idol, Big CD Cool, The Blue Meanie, Hollywood Nova, Warhorse Jake Parnell, Jeff Cobb, who was just signed today after his big AEW debut last night. And there are going to be like two, two more wrestlers that they haven't announced yet that are going to be on the launch of this thing. Uh, but there's going to be some other stuff. It's got a great story mode um, that are going to be uh, – it's going to feature the NWA and uh, House of Hardcore Arenas. And uh, Retromania Wrestling is the official sequel – to WrestleFest, not the WrestleFest for the iPad that came out a couple years ago, the original WrestleFest arcade game that came out in the arcades in about 1991. Um, I'm excited for this. this Were you even alive then? I was one year old in 91. I was going to say, seriously, are you sure you were alive then? (laughs) Um, And and they're also going to be at PAX East February 27th through March 1st. And yes. anybody who, which is in Boston, and anybody who attends there will be able to get to actually play, and they will meet Stevie Richards. Cool. Um, this is going to be available for the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. PC is probably what I will play on. Uh, I believe I finally have enough a PC with enough torque to be able to hold this game. I'm excited for it. I was a big fan of the Retro or the WrestleFest uh, arcade game because in my teenage years we used to go to a laundromat and they had the game there, and I'd sit there and play that thing while the laundry was getting done. And uh, you know, this is a, this is the video game that had uh, demolition against the Road Warriors. And that was, man, was that a hot feud. And playing the oh, game oh. version of that was even cooler. I don't know if uh, Steve or Crime Fighter played the original WrestleFest, but this was I, a great game. I, I played that. I also, I know I also played uh, WrestleMania. Um, you know, because back in, back in the day, they had an arcade at Fox Valley Mall. And that was in there, and I uh, and I popped plenty of quarters into that machine. <laughs> so um, that. I think Steve needs to talk to our good friend Roadway Animal and see if we can get him on to maybe come talk about this game a little bit uh, in the future. And this is a, the roster that I read off is only the launch roster. There is going to be some DLC content that's going to be available for this. Uh, they're saying hopefully before the end of the year. Um, so that'll be cool. Uh, definitely some good stuff coming out of that. Uh, but PWA has got some stuff coming up, and they've got some trainees that have made uh, 
some news down in Jacksonville. All right. Saturday, February okay. 15th, is our long, PWA's long-awaited return to Jacksonville, Illinois. But when to go back to Jacksonville, like we had to cancel our last show that we had scheduled there, like towards the end of 2018. Made me sick that we had to cancel it. And the question of timing of getting back Ow. over to Jacksonville. Now, other things had come up that uh, our time and energy that we had uh, delayed our return to Jacksonville. Well, we finally Jack. secured a date towards the beginning of the year. And February 15th, we're back in Bogart's Banquet Hall for Rise Up. And uh, one of the, the featured matches, we've only announced three of the matches. There will be four others that will uh, be, I guess, show day surprises. The main event will be the current champion, the regional heavyweight champion, 24K, the powder keg, Jimmy Carrot will be defending the title. This will be a return match from uh, last November. He'll be facing the former champion, the great Cardini. Now, Carrot, Cardini, Casey Jackson, Jake Lander have been battling for the uh, regional heavyweight champion championship for quite some time. This feud has been going on for Gosh, a couple of years now. Carrot got the title in a. Uh, what was that? That <laughs> was my first. I thought match. I was muted. Sorry. That was it wasn't not mine. Muted. All I have to say is that was not mine. That was not me. Okay. <laughs> There's a fatal four way match. Yep. Jimmy Carrot turned to the dark side, so to speak. He attacked. Jake Lander with the chair beat him senseless with it. After he mm. was eliminated from the match, he tried to uh, attack Cardini with the chair. Cardini had his uh, big wooden mallet, the kind of uh, wooden mallet that uh, you uh, use at a carnival game where you strike a uh, little platform and send a uh, projectile all the way to the top of a scale to ring a bell. Cardini had that as an equalizer. However, Cardi, uh, Carrot kicked that thing into his head, pinned him one, two, three, won the title. Cardini is getting his, this is his first opportunity for a rematch for the title in Jacksonville. That will be the main event. And by the way, Cardini does have some roots in uh, Jacksonville. He was a former, he was a um, Illinois College uh Alumni and Illinois College is based out of Jacksonville. Yes. The next match, and this one is the local, con- the bigger local connection. Zach, mm. uh, ZZ Hendricks, it's Zach Hendricks, but he abbreviates it ZZ because there's another wrestler up in Wisconsin with the exact same name, so he had to change it a little bit. He's from Jacksonville. He graduated from Route. Um, he actually reached out to uh, the Wrestling Association uh, about training, 
Unfortunately, the Pitfall Academy clo- had just closed. Oh. Had to seek. He had to uh, look for an alternative. We gave him recommendations. He went down to the St. Louis area. He enrolled at World League Wrestling, as Race Wrestling Academy, and was trained under the watchful eye of uh, the King Harley Race. Got to know him before in the uh, final year of his life. And back uh, just recently, he made his debut in, I think, November, December. I guess I'm going to say November. He had his first match. This will be wrestling match number five for him. He's going to be taking on the veteran, Casey Jackson, who is a former champ, four-time former regional heavyweight champion. So he's got a tall order ahead of him. And let's not forget that Casey Jackson and the Mississippi Madman, Essential Illinois Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, were the money-making jam boys. Mm. Yes. And anyway, um, we did get a article published <clears throat> in the uh, State Journal. Jacksonville Journal Courier, I just discovered. I've been uh, checking the last few days uh, to see if they uh, would publish a write-up that I did. They did do that. Um, So I'm hoping that uh, we have the biggest crowd ever in Jacksonville at Bogart with all the the media attention and advertising and effort that's been put in to promote the show. There is one other match. Go ahead. One at a time. Uh, There will be a PWA Women's title defense. The champion Harley will face another newcomer, and she's also a rookie and making her debut, and she's wrestling her 20th career match. She's from the Chicago area. She goes by the name of Jay Waves. Now, her story is she trained Mm -hmm. up in Chicago. She had her debut match, debut career match at Evolve. Mm. And oh my God. so she, she hasn't been at it very long. I got to see her uh, compete against uh, Raven Black at the uh, Excitement Wrestling Revolution up in Peoria Heights. She was given contact information to contact PWA about coming down to uh, down here, and she will be coming to Jacksonville. And so there will be uh, two new wrestlers making their debut. And uh, at Rise Up, and, well, and you can that get your like uh, event card. tickets by going to <clears throat> tiny.cc/pwatix. They're ten dollars in advance if you get them online, or they're twelve dollars at the door. And we good. Uh, we have uh, sold about twenty advance tickets thus far. Very um, good. Did you guys, you guys have another event at the H Street Gym this month as well, correct? Or was that earlier? One week later. One week later. Carnage, February the 22nd. Some matches have already been announced for that. If the great Cardini happens to uh, beat Jimmy Carrot for the regional heavyweight title, his first title defense will be against the one of the very first Central Illinois Pro Wrestling Hall of Famers. That would be Tom Arson. That's if uh, Cardini 
wins the walks out with the title in Jacksonville. Uh, Harley will be defending the PWA women's title against Raven Black if she is still champion after a match against Jay Wraith. And the former tag team known as Sweet Street will face off against each other, Johnny Kincaid versus IJ Sweet. They were both graduates of Pinfall Academy when they when it was uh, down at Auburn and those two will face off and then there will be other matches to be announced or show day surprises to come later and tickets are available for that show as well. And the big thing that is coming Saturday night, May 23rd, it's Pinfall Wrestling Association's Grand Wrestling Spectacular. Uh, it's going to feature two-time, two-time WWE Hall of Famer and wrestling legend Kevin Nash. It's going to be at the 8th Street Gym the 23rd of May. Grand Wrestling Spectacle. It's the Sorry about one that. we've had. It's a milestone event for a Pitbull Wrestling Association. So we had to get somebody big for a milestone show such as this. And Kevin Nash is a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. And yes. it doesn't come any bigger than that. No, not at all. Uh, so hopefully uh, that goes well for you guys. And there's going to be some even bigger stuff uh, happening, excuse me, for PWA throughout the year. Um, as the... They are not... Yes, uh, WrestleMania. Grand Wrestling Spectacle is our quote-unquote WrestleMania. So yes. that's the end of the season and then... Yeah. But season Will you guys finale, be running so the ballpark speak. again this year? <coughs> Pardon? Will you be running the ballpark again this year? Right now, I would have to guess no. Um, Springfield Sliders had a rough season <coughs> last year. They only won 11 games, and unfortunately, attendance is... You know, you draw better when you win, when you're yes. like at the bottom of the division and struggling to win games. It's harder uh, to uh, draw draw fans out to the ballpark. So, absolutely. Uh, Prime, anything else? That, uh, we've uh, ran there six years in a row, and uh, it was fun while well, it lasted. I mean, there'll be uh, other opportunities to come along, fair and festivals. Yes. Uh, cry me anything else for our fans uh, for PWA or your uh, lovely Central Illinois Pro Wrestling this week? Well, uh, the latest episode is up. If you've never seen Jay Rays, I did uh, post an episode uh, from the one and I guess I'm going to have to call it one and done because they've stated they're not going to be running again. But Excitement Wrestling Revolution, the two women's matches, from that card is the episode this week. Should I even bring this up? Because I... Yes. Yes. Go ahead. This is a side topic. I don't know if you've heard about it. You Well, Sean has, because okay. I told him. Well, tell Uh-oh. us. It's some flyers for PWA, and one of them cut, somehow caught the attention of former WCW announcer Chris Cruz. How? I don't know. But he, oh, dear Lord. 
You've heard of Butter Trash Baggers Network? Well, he's been kind of doing the same thing with um, independent posters. Um, oh, shit. Once he claims are bad, some of the posters he claims are bad are actually excellent. I've been expecting to see some really bad posters, and I haven't seen so many of those, so I'm... I've had to classify his um, judgment or classify his posters in three camps: the bad, the uh, needs polish or satisfactory or needs polish, and the other category, nitpicking. Um, okay. You, you nitpicking know, is basically the posters I see that are excellent, but they're nitpicking over like. Personal preference stuff. I don't know. Right, right. Um, you know, we've talked about this. I've got a guy that does all my posters out of uh, Tennessee. I had one guy do them out of Indiana uh, for Wrestle Wars three, and those posters turned out really well. Um, but the last two posters that we did uh, for RWF Rebellion Rising and RWF Aftershock, man, I would put those up anywhere, and those things look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a poster that grabs somebody's eye. Paloma Star was talking about this earlier this week, too. You can't have a poster that's just all words. Because if it's all words and no pictures, you're not going to grab anybody's attention. I don't know. I haven't... I'm not seeing too many of those. Now, I did have to dig up one of that the worst wrestling flyer of all time, and that was somewhere out of Arkansas or Tennessee... It was created in 2009. Somebody hand wrote a flyer, printed it on pink paper. Somebody found it, posted it online, and like, oh, what oh, no. the hell? No, the worst wrestling poster oh, would you goes do to Rex. Something like this. The worst poster. wrestling poster goes to Rex Gill for cutting out a picture of Orton and gluing it to a piece of paper. Oh yeah, that's some of the worst. <laughs> Worst ever uh, of all time. Yes. And thank God Rex Gill is no longer a part of the wrestling business in Illinois or Indiana. Thank you, Jesus. Um for that. <laughs> so Grimey if Grimey, the only other thing that we I wanted to discuss real quick is badass wrestling is gonna return supposedly to the Avanti's Dome in April. Um I know you won't be attending this event at all. Probably not. Um, I probably have something better to do. I don't even know when it is in April. They say, let me look this up real quick. I mean, if it's the first week in April, I ain't going to be there for sure. <laughs> I'm going to be doing something else the second weekend of April, and that's very important to me. So, and then PWA is, of course, going to run in the last weekend of April with their uh, annual uh, Toga Steve Memorial Tournament. So, they uh, are running... Uh, almost all booked my... for April. They are running a Thursday, and uh, this may even be a mistake on the date. Uh, he may, he, according to the dates that they've got posted, it's a Thursday, but uh, the Saturday would be the 18th. April 16th through the 18th at the Ivani's Dome back in uh, Pekin that doesn't have any heat. And, uh, you know, great venue, but um, definitely not one you want to run in the winter months. It's too big. 
I, you know, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. You don't need a venue that size if you're only going to draw 120 people, 200 people. If you were going to draw 500 people or more, the Avanti Stone would be great. But for a few hundred people, you need another venue. Yeah, uh, and it depends on how much they're charging, too. I mean, that were... is another issue that uh, not only Badass Rathlin has had, but XWR had. They're charging way too much for tickets in that market. Um, I said this to Crime Fighter, and I said this to Steve Kane. If I were coming to Peoria with an event, all tickets would be $10 until we had enough interest to draw on and people in the door to be able to uh, justify upping the prices. Now, we do have some other news uh, about the Peoria region. Um, let me look here. Oh, Bauer Bauer Live. going to Peoria. Yes. yes. I'll be uh, in September. Okay, you um, So he that'll be coming. That Midwest Impact Pro would be coming back. No sign. No, no sign, sign of that happening right now. Um uh, so. This has just been signed for their debut in uh, Florida. Alexander Hammerstone will make his Dawa Live debut at Live Pro Wrestling Gavamania, Guavamania on Friday, April 3rd in Florida, in Tampa. So Alexander Hammerstone coming to Dawa Live. Been a big fan of him since the Parag- uh, Paragon Pro Wrestling days uh, when we used to have them back on the show. Yeah, and he also wrestled for Dreamwife. So yes. he's not a complete stranger to the, I guess, the Central Illinois, Northern Illinois fan base. Of course, this is in Florida, and I have to congratulate Zawa and Zero One Supreme for uh, getting booked uh, during WrestleMania weekend down in uh, Florida. Yes. Uh, Zawa Live off to the races will be at the Stone County Saloon in Bartonville, Illinois, which is right outside of Peoria on September 26th. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of close to where uh, NGW ran their final shows. Yes. All right. Well, I'd like to thank Crime Fighter, Crimey. If you got anything else you want to say, now would be the time. Um, want to thank the Net Conservative. Go ahead. St. Louis Wrestling Community at stlwrestling.livejournal.com. Also subscribe to my YouTube channel, tiny.cc. Slash BWCI. I'm try. I would like to get a thousand subscribers. I'm sitting at like 850. Now I hadn't aggressively pursued subscribers. I just let it naturally join the page, but and not even ask for people to subscribe. But yes, I want to get to a thousand subscribers. So please. All right. Uh, let's- Let's make that happen by the end of the summer for Crime Fighter, Evolution Radio Network fans. Uh, we can do this. And, um, Crimey, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Yeah. I know you've had a very stressful day and want to uh, go relax. Thank you for giving us some of your time here tonight. And uh, relax now. <laughs> Bring the uh, show somehow. All right. Uh, Crimey, right. continue to listen, and uh, we're going to get our song break in here that uh, Steve Kane has provided for us, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about history-making AEW, and I've also got something from the original producer of this show uh, about AEW that we're going to be asking our fans, so stay tuned for the second half of Rampage Rants 
Thursday Night Turmoil live on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back. Rebund Promotions presents Professional Wrestling, a show that will not actually happen. Starring pictures of former WWE, Impact, and Ring of Honor stars that we're going to put on our poster just to lure you suckers into the building, even though they will not actually be appearing. Featuring the pictures of the real wrestlers, who will just be local jabronis that we're getting for a hot dog and a handshake. All this will take place inside of the neighborhood bar that we're getting for the cost of a case of beer. And the ring will be a homemade wooden ring because, no, we can't afford a real, actual, safe wrestling ring. Liability insurance? You must be crazy. We can't afford that either. 
I'm not getting that much of a refund check back. All we can really afford is the beer and the posters. So, Mommy, get my tax refund check ready and get it signed over to me because I want to hurry up and play wrestling promoter. Tax refund wrestling not coming soon to a location near you. Professional wrestling, entertaining action that attracts a crowd and provides excitement at a fair or festival. The right promotion will have professionally trained talent with professional grade ring gear and equipment. Fairgoers will want to see more of them and attend ticket events in the area. Bring the wrong promotion, not betting their credentials, you could end up with an embarrassing disaster. The talent may have no ring gear, little or no professional training, aren't family friendly, and perform so poorly, you'll wish they'd return to the backyard they came from. Burned organizers won't chance bringing in pro wrestling ever again, shutting out legitimate promoters. And the fairgoers, if they want to see wrestling, will only go to WWE events. If you want live professional wrestling at your fair or festival, don't get burned. Check their credentials before you book. A public service announcement from the Nosebleed Seats. I thought I had the new one of that, but I don't, so I'm going to have to ask Grammy for that. Uh, we are back on more of Rampage Rants, Thursday Night Turmoil, live on the Blog Talk Radio Network, live on Evolution Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, excuse me. Um, that song that you heard was brand new from Bowling for Soup. It's Alexa Bliss, and this is their second uh, wrestling song that they've done. The other one was Girl All the Bad Guys Want, which we'll be playing next week, which has the line, because she's watching wrestling, creaming over tough guys, listening to rap metal, turntables in her eyes. Cool. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. That's an older song. I actually found out. I actually found out about this song on Twitter when I saw the pictures of her wearing the Bowling for Soup shirt. <laughs> and that's how I found out about this song. And, of course, the lyrics of this song talk about the other Ooh. song. So I found the other song. And so, yeah, next week, Girl, All the Bad Guys Want will be playing during our during our break. So, All right. Uh, we are back. I am producer Sean David, along with my co-host. The Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane. And the reason why the show will never be a bag of dicks, Chaotic Katie. Before we get to the Nyla Rose situation, and uh, some of the other news that we've got here in the next half hour or so, I want to uh, go over something that was given to me by the original producer of this show. Uh, and I'm going to read okay. that at this time. Okay, AEW fans, I get some of you want Matt Hardy or Harper as the exalted one, but why? Wouldn't it make more sense to be someone who's been there in, and waiting? I still think Daniels would be great. I also think the wild card of Hangman would be a huge shock. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Hmm. Well, I, of course, you know, having worked with uh, Chris as many years as I have and having been around when he originally developed the Fallen Angel character, I under I understand where, where your brother's coming from on that. Um, Harper, no. Harper, a.k.a. Brody Lee, is not going to be the exalted leader. Um, no. Now, when he talks about an outsider, it originally was supposed to be an outsider. 
It was supposed to be Marty Skrull, but yes. Marty uh-huh. wound up wound up uh, signing <laughs> signing back with uh, with R with ROH. So yeah, he's booking now. Right, and Matt Hardy and Matt Hardy basically gave his pretty much gave his farewell to WWE TV Monday Shit. night when he said everything that he did in that speech before Randy Orton delivered the RKO and laid him out. So, um, you know, what is there what is there left for Matt Hardy to go to? I mean, do we do we really want to see a reboot of Matt Hardy version 2.0 or Big nope, Money no. Matt? Nope. No. Um, his but we want to see broken Matt Hardy one more time. Is broken Matt yep. Hardy? Yeah, exactly. And I uh-huh. think, and I think, you know, I I understand what your brother's saying, and I can I can appreciate it, and I don't think that uh, Danny would be a bad choice to be the leader. I mean, they've been they've been teasing it on uh, um, being the elite and that, but <clears throat> it would be it would be an even it would be an even bigger surprise if all of a sudden, oh, uh, in uh, in April, that uh, you know they introduce that the exalted leader has arrived, and all of a sudden you see Rebby on stage with a grand piano, and she starts playing, and there's that familiar music, and the next thing you know, out comes out comes Matt. Well, we're we're not going to hear the WWE thing. If anything, we will hear the probably the original Impact version of that, right? And mm-hmm. we'll and we'll, and uh, and talking about Impact originals, there we'll definitely talk about this because there is a uh, big rumor floating around of uh, a uh, former Impact guy that um, might. Be headed to AEW, and we'll oh talk my. about that in moments. All right. Uh, well, we're going to talk about it now. History was made last night as Rio's ass was indeed not belonging to Nyla Rose as of last night, as we have a new AEW World Women's Champion. And this is history-making on two fronts, guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Number one, yes, she is the first transgender to hold a world title of any kind, okay? She is also the first Native American female to hold wow. a world title, and the second Native American of all time to hold a world title. The last one being Jack Briscoe when he held the NWA world title. So it has been decades since a Native American has held a world championship, a singles world championship. Yes. Uh, this is some history-breaking stuff. 
The question becomes, who will they bring in to throw Nyla Rose off the crown, off her throne? Because you don't have anybody right now that can do that. Right, right. And, and for the love of, for the, Asia, for the love Asia, of Kong, God, let me Asia say this. Kong didn't go anywhere. For the love of God, let me say this. Uh, if they have Riho dethrone Nyla Rose of her belt, I will stop watching AEW altogether. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I was now, not a fan of that. I was not Taker. a fan. Yeah, go ahead. I was not a fan of that from the get-go. I'm not a fan of it now. I think the new woman that they debuted last week, the Brew Baker, uh, Brit, not Brew Baker, Britt Baker, uh, chomped the, you know, put on the bottom rope and, and stomped on her. I think that that girl, you know, what is it with Kenny Omega, or as I like to call him, Princess Chrissy Pan, with these <laughs> Japanese schoolgirls. I don't get it. I said this to Steve and uh, Katie earlier this week. The reason that he's booking all of these girls is they look like uh, Kenny Omega is booking all these girls is because they look like blow-up dolls he wants fuck. Japanese blow-up dolls well, he wants fuck. Or wrestle. I'm, I'm sick of it. Well, I want to see some real women's wrestling. Agreed. Well... I don't I, want to see a hundred-pound schoolgirl. I agree with him. I'm sorry. I agree with him. I don't want to see a hundred-pound Japanese schoolgirls. It's not to say that in the next couple of years those Japanese schoolgirls that they have on TV right now are not going to be stars. I'm not saying that at all. They are. There is talent no. there, but they need to put on some weight. Go make them eat like Yokozuna used to eat or something because a hundred-pound schoolgirl women's champion does not cut it in the wrestling business. Go ahead, Steve. Well, I gotta say, I mean, you know, these these are you know experienced, talented wrestlers. So let's you know, so let's not uh, put the we'll put the whole blow up doll thing. That's that's like that's like you know, and this is one of those things with Corny that, as much as I love Corny, as much as I respect Corny, I don't like the fact that he has chosen to nickname Kenny Omega Olivier. No, not not that not because he's comparing him in terms of greatness, he's using it as a slam. And I'm sorry, I have been I have been watching Kenny Omega for the last several years in Japan and now since of course he's jumped over here and is part of AEW. The guy is extremely talented. Where a lot of where a lot of people get bothered and I and I am one of those people. I mean, I'm glad he's finally taken on a tag team title. Because for the longest time, just to make sure to shut up the marks who were saying, oh, these guys are just going to put themselves over, screw everybody else, and that. The Bucks, Kenny, they've all basically you know, laid down for all the other guys. Right. You know, just to prove, 
just to prove to the to the IWC Smarks that uh, hey, no, we're not we're not doing this to get ourselves over. And they didn't have to. My God, they were also over in Japan. That uh, you know, very rarely did they did they ever lose a match. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? uh, um. So. And so the uh, other thing I've got to say though about about uh, about uh, Nyla Rose is I'm I'm very I'm very shocked actually pleasantly shocked that there has been very little backlash. I was I was expecting certain elements of the of the internet wrestling community to just go absolute bonkers about the idea of somebody who's transgender winning a women's title. Um, you did have some of those fans come out of the woodwork, but, uh, you know, it wasn't a bit, not, as big of a backlash. As, right. Um, now, another thing that happened on AEW from Dynamite, uh, after Dynamite in Austin, Jesus teamed up with Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Oh, my God. The the scoop what? the guy the, when I saw him in the fr- in the front row at the beginning of the show I cracked up <clears throat> and then and then it's to the chat again now Katie up. okay I mean oh my god that that was hilarious because the Jesus guy had been had been over uh, at uh, at last week's AEW too so. Yeah, you know, I don't know if if this guy's an employee or whether, you know, he's a uh, fan oh that's God. just going to be uh, following him around and that. Now, the other news that we have to address, uh, the other 900-pound elephant in the room, uh, it is rumored that Jushin Thunder Liger is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, Liger only had two stints with uh, WWE in 1990 for a very brief period. And again in 2015 when they brought him to NXT. Right. For one match. For one match. And, you know, and any other time he had spent with any American wrestlers was with WCW. And, yeah, yes. we know, okay, WWE owns all the WCW stuff and that. But still. Well, it was like them abducting Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah the Butcher didn't work for WWF ever. Like, very, no. very few occasions of that happening. Um, Liger was in WCW from 91 to 92, and again from 95 to 99. Um, I get why they're doing this. I don't know that I fully agree with it. Now, the other two that are uh, going to be going into the WWE Hall of Fame because they rode the big dog dong. Ding dong dong, ding dong dong. Are the Bella Twins? Yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I. I mean, you talk. You talk about. You talk about your ring rats. Okay. That's all the stories. That they were. They were just. They were ring rats that got lucky enough to get training and. You know, be able to look good in the ring, and then uh, Nikki went ahead and got herself a boob job, which made her even 
more popular, and of course landed her John Cena for a while. Um, The other thing that I want to talk about is AEW has dropped the Nightmare Collective. Um, Yes. Completely. Yes. I don't don't get what they're going to do now because you had a good thing going, and I know that they had to write off Austin Uh, Kong because of her commitment to Glow. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it was that. It was that good. To be honest with you, Sean. I mean, I think it was. It was like they were popping stuff without any without any stories to it. Right. They rushed it. That that was one of their few main. That was one. That's what been one of their few mistakes that they've that they've done. And that. You know, I mean, Dark Order. Yeah, they're they're. They've, you know, they finally put a story to it and that, and it works really well and that, um, you know, um, and with, and Jr. Jr. in his commentary, he said a couple of things last night, um, when the tag team brawl happened, he mentioned Bucks of Youth and, in fact, I'll even I'll even get into go into this because there's a uh, um, a little bit of a uh, Twitter exchange that went on between Jr. and Matt Hardy, and this might and this might be a uh, be a uh, little bit of a little bit of a teaser, and that. Um. Well, I know we talked about it last week. I just want to repeat this because I wasn't here last week. Uh, Brian Clark is facing multiple charges in Arizona. And then you have the money laundering that came out of uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Yeah, we, yeah, which of course we all, we all talked about that. Um, Uh, Very sad stuff. Um, And as of Monday, the Rock's daughter reported to the, um, Training center in WWE, the performance center. So that's some other news that we yep. uh, can talk about while we're waiting for Steve to pull that up. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, because well, because okay, let's see here. Um, because because uh, because um, because Jim Ross in his commentary, well, he mentioned that, but then. In the in the ta- I don't know if you guys caught this in the table spot, and that um, where um, where he where um, in the uh, in the real uh, Nyla Rose match, and that Jr. said about real, she's not a resident of Dudleyville. Oh my. Mm. Oh gosh. Um, well, Jr. Okay. is getting a little bit uh, up there in age, so these these kind of things happen. No, 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 no. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. No interrupting. Damn it. Um, or is J- Jim Ross laying Easter eggs for future episodes of Well, that's dynamite. That's exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. He also and this he also called the Nyla Rose the king of the mountain. Steve, stop. Go ahead. Uh, he also called Nyla Rose the king of the mountain, which, look, we know that Jeff Jarrett 
was at one, you know, last we knew was helping produce for WWE, but is he still with WWE? That is the question that remains because if he's not, I could see him going to AEW. I, I really could. If they'd have him, he'd go. And he was referred to as the King of the Mountain, so you got to remember that. Um, that's that's some good stuff. Some good Easter eggs have been being late. Um, now we do have some matches announced for Revolution that we'll get to here in just a minute. But the thing that I want to get to right now is that Teddy Hart was arrested for possession of the controlled substance. Okay, what was it? Uh, Schedule three controlled substances. It does not say. Um, Which is usually steroids. Says mm-hmm. possession of a Schedule three controlled substance and possession with intent to sell and distribute. So, um, he he will be going away for a while. Sad because that guy had a lot of talent at one time. So. Uh, oh, here's here's something. Um, you know, we've been we've seen MVP on uh, on TV for the last couple yeah. of weeks, and he talked about uh, that uh, his match with Ray was his last match. Well, apparently, he might be segueing into the role of a producer. Oh my. You know, that's what they're doing with a lot of the old-time wrestlers. And it's a good thing because it still gives them, you know, not everybody wants to walk away from the wrestling business when their time in the ring is done. So it gives them an opportunity to still be a part of the business. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Okay. I want to remind everyone. What happened with the Matt thing, I I want to get that done real quick here, is that, that, uh, you know, Fan asked, uh, asked Matt on Twitter about it. And he said, you know, Jim's got, uh, has always had the freedom to use the term Bucks of Youth anytime that he ever wanted. And then Jim replied, oh, we'll hopefully, we'll hopefully see you sooner rather than later. All right. Well, what happened there? Mm. That's interesting. Um, some very yeah. interesting stuff. Um, so we've got some new matches made for Revolution. It's going to be former guy known as Jack Swagger, Hag- Hagar against uh, Jake Hager, Hager, yeah, against Dustin Rhodes. This is going to be a good match. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I can't wait for that one. Oh. And uh, there's some other stuff that has been signed for AEW Revolution. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, we know Moxley versus Jericho. MJF Um, versus Cody. Yeah. Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus the winners of the Tag Team Battle Royal, which will feature, I was wondering, I want to bring this up. This will be one of our closing points for the night. What the hell is AEW doing with OWE talent? Because when they uh-huh. did that press release, they were big on these guys from China. And we haven't seen a lot of them in a, quite a while. Since AEW Dynamite started, we haven't seen a lot of them. Well, I know a lot of it can be uh, visa issues and that. Now, uh, they were um, 
Uh, the Stronghearts were over in Mexico just a uh, few weeks ago because they ambushed uh, Nino Hamburguesa and Big Mommy. So they're so they're so they're making they're making their presence felt in uh, in AAA as well. Yes. Uh, it's just sad because these guys have so much talent, and you want to see more of them, and you want to see more of this style brought to the United States because, uh, you know, a combination of styles like that, this is well, why when yeah. in the 80s when uh, WCW brought Muda over from Japan, it really worked because nobody was bringing the Japan style to the United States at that time. I think if we were to bring right. the China style over the United States, we get some interesting stuff. We get some really interesting right. stuff. Right. Well, you know, a lot of it, of course, right now, um, we have to we have to look at the fact of the uh, current political environment here in the in the U.S. Right. And that and uh, so it's ma- it's making it hard for guys to get uh, working working visas. Um, this was the this was the thing that uh, killed Triple um, uh, A uh, Lucha Libre uh, when uh, they did the uh, New York invasion, and in fact, actually completely killed the uh, LA event to where it had to be canceled because guys weren't able to get their get their visas to uh, work in the in the U.S. and that because right now. Our government currently is just, you know, not playing nice. All right, and this is uh, some other news. Uh, Pre-sale tickets for Double or Nothing 2020 were extremely strong. It appears the show will be a full sellout by the time tickets go on sale to the general public tomorrow. Uh, This was reported by PWI Insider, PW Insider. Additionally, PW Insider reports that there are tentative plans to bring AEW Dynamite to California later this summer, which will be big since the Young Bucks are California natives. Um, right. The rumor is they're going to return to old pro wrestling gorilla stomping ground. Also, hey. PWI, PW Insider uh, notes that NGPW wrestler Chase Owens was backstage at last night's Dynamite and was there visiting. As previously reported, Chase Owens announced earlier this month that he signed a new multi-year contract with New Japan. So could he be coming over to um, AEW? And look, we don't know what the relationship with NGPW and all these other companies is because we know they have connections to the majority of the companies out there other than Vance um, right. and Impact. What will right. happen for Double or Nothing if AEW says that they now have a working relationship with New Japan, that's going to make Double or Nothing huge. That's going to make All yeah. Out in Chicago later this year huge. There's, oh, still yeah. some, there's still some stuff in the works for AEW for this year that make me believe this is going to be a big year for wrestling once again. Right, right. Um and uh, just and just so that everybody is aware, Jeff Cobb at this point does not have a signed deal with AEW. He is still he's still working freelance at this point. So whether or, whether this is a one-time thing or a reoccurring thing, we're just going to have to wait and see. It's definitely going to be interesting. 
It's a thing, all right. It's a thing. Yep. Um, yep, sure is. Well, Steve, we've got some guests coming to the show later this month. You want to tell us all about Mr. Swinger? Well, we haven't got oh, that confirmed yet. But okay. when I, I get did. the date, I will I will definitely I will definitely announce it. But uh yeah, hide your pizzles, hide your rizats, have your piazoffs ready for him because Impact Wrestling's Johnny Swinger will be coming to ERN sometime in the uh, very near future. Um, once I uh, once I get a, a, a date uh, locked in with him, we will definitely let you know. If it's not on this show, we will let you know on uh, Live from the Dean's Den. Absolutely. And uh, I want to remind everyone again that MWA has a big summer coming in the month of June. It'll be June 26th. Uh, in a to be announced location in Illinois and June 27th, Union, Illinois, it will feature Castro Cortez and the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, right. Tickets for these events are going to go on sale in April. They're going to go fast. And speaking That's of all tickets I can tell going you. on sale, tickets go going ahead. on sale. Tickets go on sale tomorrow for WWE at the. Uh, at the BMO Harris Bank Center in Rockford for uh, April 19th. It will be yes. a house show. Um, they're uh, listing right now on that uh, Roman Reigns, uh, Bray Wyatt, Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, Braun Strowman. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us here tonight for uh... – Yep. Rampage, hey. Rants, Thursday night turmoil. We're going to end a little bit early. Uh, give Katie a, a, a break here. Give her what a break. Is it's only 10 o'clock. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm awake. I, I took my disco nap. I'm good. <laughs> um, and We will be and don't back forget, here. Well, I say, you better, you better plug tomorrow night. Yeah, plug tomorrow, tomorrow. night. Tomorrow night on the Dean's Den. Uh, Steve Gain will be back here tomorrow night. And then uh, next Thursday, we'll be back here. It'll be the uh, 20th of February. Uh, we might have some Valentine's Day stories to tell. Right. Well, we, we also, we also, uh, we also uh, should have uh, um, Chris Hendren from, uh, that was with us uh, last week. Chris Hensley, thank you. That was uh, with us last week um, because they will have a uh, upcoming date that uh, Sunday. So um, we'll have him and uh, some of his guys on uh, talking about that. So definitely uh, looking forward to that. He was uh, he was really uh, great guest with us last week, uh, Sean. You will you will definitely love talking to this guy. He's really. He's really fun oh, to talk so, to. He's so laid back. He's so laid back. Oh. He's so funny. And he's just a good guy. All right. Well, uh, the final thought that I have for tonight is, remember, kids, sex isn't like Pokemon. <laughs> you don't have to catch them all. What a damn condom. <laughs> good night, everybody. Yeah, seriously. You don't have to catch them all and bring them home to mom, all right? Jeez. <laughs> We'll 
Go home, but you can't stay. 